Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spouse Spouse with Susan Reynolds. Welcome to Spouse Spouse. Okay, so I need to apologize to everyone because last week we got sick. And I mean sick as a dog. I was getting ready for the show. I woke up feeling terrible. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe it's just my allergies. Because, I don't know, it's, you know, always got to be allergies, right? And so I thought, you know, I'm just not feeling the best. And then I got the phone call from my son's school. Hey, you need to pick him up because he has 101.1 fever. And since the flu is the most terrible thing that's happened right now, we need you to come and get him. Cool. Because he should be home anyways. Kid's got 101 fever. And then it hit me. I have a fever too. Yay. And I did. I had a fever and everything. Into urgent care we go. I had an ear infection and a sinus infection. And tiny human had a flu-like virus. So word, word of caution here, word of warning, whatever you want to take it as. Apparently there is a virus out there that is definitely mimicking the flu. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Not fun whatsoever. So, hey, it's me. I'm Susan. I'm your host of Spouse Spouts. As I explained in the last episode two weeks ago, Dave is no longer with us because Dave is now in the process of moving from Germany and taking over a full-time job with the American Legion. And I think that's very exciting for Dave. I know he has expressed interest in wanting to come back and tell us about his new job with the American Legion. And I definitely want to take him up on that offer. So I'm very, very excited. If you hear me cough and sniffle a little bit today, I'm very sorry about that, but I still have the lingering effects of this illness that I picked up. So I'm trying not to, uh, I'm not trying not to be sick, but guess what? I'm still trying to get over it at the same time. So sorry about that, everyone. But I want to get into the show because I have been hopping mad and I really do mean just visibly enraged at a couple of situations, well, more than a couple of situations, at a number of situations happening, uh, not just around our country, but very specifically happening in the military community. And I, I'm hesitant to bring these topics up because one of the things I wanted to do with Spouse Spouts, now that it's a, a new show and now that things have changed quite a bit, I wanted to focus more outside of the military community. But I am still an active duty military spouse. My husband is still active duty. So like it, don't like it. I, it's not a fortunate or an unfortunate. It's, it's just how it is. The show will have quite a bit of military influence, even though I'm trying to step out of that zone just a little. And I think that it's important, though, as a military spouse for me to start stepping out of that zone of the military family support arena because my husband is going to retire in the next few years and I will no longer be an active duty spouse. My husband will no longer be active duty. He will be a retiree. And some of the things that impact active duty families will not impact us any longer. However, there are things that still impact families, whether they are active duty veteran or retiree. And one of the big ones right now is TRICARE. TRICARE and Defense Health Agency. So, so excited. So excited. 
So in case you have no idea what's going on, see, I had a sniffle right there. If you have no idea what is going on with military health insurance for families and retirees and veterans, some veterans actually do still receive TRICARE, we have had some massive changes. And we had a show uh, a few months ago that we brought Amy Bouchette on from military from military.com, and she came to explain what the heck is going on with TRICARE. So in one of the National Defense Authorization Acts, I'm thinking it was 2016 or 2017, Congress reorganized TRICARE. We went from being here in the United States, a three-region area, north, south, and west, to two regions, east and west. Two contractors still maintain the TRICARE region. So Humana came up from the south and took over the entire east region. And HealthNet Federal Services went out to the west region. I will add this little interesting tidbit. For the west region, this is the third TRICARE contractor that they've had in six or seven years. They had TriWest. They went to United Health Plan, United Health Services, which was a nightmare from what I was told. And now they have HealthNet Federal Services, which isn't going much better. So families are now having to scramble to ensure that the, there is continuity of care and there's no disruption or interruptions of care for themselves or their children or for the retiree for that matter. We need to think about him or her, the person who has also retired because they too have TRICARE. So there's been... This has been about a year and over a year in the making. Humana made assurances to healthcare providers in my region, which is the Fort Bragg region, that there would be no disruption of care, that services would continue, that payment would be done in a timely manner. Reimbursement rates. Reimbursement rates is a big deal. Those two would be would be comparable to what they received before with HealthNet. And we are finding out, all, all families, lawmakers, providers, anyone involved in healthcare, if you have a child with a disability or if you yourself have a disability, we are finding out none of that is true at all. I know of service providers, and this is not anecdotal, we have service providers. It's not simply anecdotal. This is a hard reality. We have service providers here in the Fort Bragg region and the surrounding counties that are contemplating. They're seriously thinking about no longer accepting TRICARE because of the slow reimbursement rates as well as the low reimbursement rates. We have providers that are owed thousands of dollars right now from Humana and TRICARE, and they've only been paid a few hundred I think what people need to understand is that there is not some large conglomeration or corporation that provides these therapies. These are mostly small businesses. And in this area in particular, a lot of these small businesses are run and owned owned by veterans and spouses and retirees, which means them not getting paid is putting their business and their livelihood in danger as well. 
not only is a child or an adult with a disability suffering because they are not getting the care that they need, we are, the economy in and of itself is also going to suffer because TRICARE and Humana seriously can't get it together and pay people in a timely manner. Assurances have been repeatedly made to these families and to these providers. There will be no problems. Nothing is going to disrupt the care or the payment. And we are finding out that is absolutely untrue. It is untrue. I'm not going to go out and call it a bold-faced lie, but at the same time, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So I'm thinking there's some kind of a miscommunication happening here, but no one, but no one knows what to do. There is a lot of a lot of hardship and families are really struggling with this. And not only are families struggling with what's going on, again, these providers who have dedicated their education, their energy, their resources to helping families and helping people with disabilities, their livelihood, they are also on the line. And that is absolutely tragic to me. This is unbelievably tragic. And if you think, just just think about this for a moment. If you think this doesn't impact readiness, that I need for you to just stop right now. This impacts readiness. You want to send a service member to Iraq or Afghanistan and his family's being denied health care? No, that's not going to work. That's not going to work at all. It is absolutely ridiculous what is happening right now with this TRICARE mess. And it is a mess. And they've had a year to prepare. I wish I could say I'm going to let this topic go because I'm not. I'm probably going to dedicate a number of shows to this issue because it's time to start calling some things out. It's time to bring people on to share their experiences and for us to start problem solving and for us to figure out ways to hold feet to the fire, so to speak. We need TRICARE and Defense Health Agency to do their job. They have one job, and it is to provide medical insurance. If they cannot do that job effectively, then we need to start putting people into those jobs who can do this, because this is starting to get beyond ridiculous. It's now inhumane. It's cruel. Do your job, Defense Health Agency and Humana. Do your job. So this brings me to my next point about jobs. Ha ha, what a weak set. That was such a weak segue. Holy bananas, that was some weak sauce. But we are seeing a lot of chatter, once again, about spouse employment. And please trust me when I say this girl wants a J-O-B. I want one so badly, it burns in my soul. And I want a real job, too. That's the thing, is I don't want... I don't want a job that is part, you know, that's that's contractual all the time. I want something that eventually becomes a full-time job with all the benefits that are associated with having a full-time job. I think that's important, and I find that to be valuable because, well, I'm a valuable person, and, and, and a lot of people are valuable people. And here's the thing, 
we are hurting our economy when we only do 1099 short-term work. And I, I'm a pretty big advocate. Here's the crazy thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with the gig economy. You know, like, let me work for a gig, right? It's like, you know, being in a band, like, got a gig tonight. I don't think there's anything wrong with it for short term. I think it's, I think it's great, actually. I think it really helps families out, especially military families, when we move so frequently and we, oh, there's the sniffle again. Sorry, everyone. I got getting over a sinus infection. Sorry. But going back to the gig economy, I think that it serves its purpose. I think it's flexible. It provides work-life balance, which people really want. And when we're talking about the military, we are talking about how this level of flexibility and work-life balance is vital to our families and to our spouses. They, you know, we have, we volunteer. I've never met so many people in my life who volunteer like military spouses. It's the most impressive thing I have hands down ever seen. Military spouses and military family members are some of the greatest volunteers ever. And yes, I recognize that's my opinion, but I'm, I'm not kidding. I don't think it's not just opinion. I mean, just really watch them. Look at what these people are doing for our, not just our country, but for their communities. They get involved and they're making it happen and they're doing amazing things. And I love that. But eventually working part-time 1099 work, that's not, that's not everything. And I, I, I'm hesitant to advocate for part-time gig work, freelance work, whatever you want to call it, so, so aggressively because I think we're underselling the value of the American worker. So one of my biggest issues with the gig economy is the lack of benefits. We have no sick leave, no paid time off, no workers' compensation. The other big issue I have, especially when talking about in regards to disability, is we have no workplace protections, no sexual harassment protection, no discrimination protection, none. You have nothing. You're a 1099 employee. Those rights and benefits are not afforded to you. And the payment process can be piecemeal. And again, if you are depending on that paycheck, getting a paycheck at the whim of the employer is not necessarily a good thing. As a W-2 employee, you will receive a steady paycheck. And I find value in that. Again, I want that value. So I don't, I wish I said I had a, a great answer for this one, you know, in the, the gig economy, but I don't, I'm not going to have great answers because honestly, I'm sharing my thoughts right now. I think that what we need to do is make sure we get the spouse community to come together to have these frank, frank discussions. And, uh, and I think that it's going to add value to the discussion when we are vulnerable. So I have to play a commercial from my sponsor really fast and I um I will be right back. So this is from Armed Forces Insurance. Thank you Armed Forces Insurance for being the sponsor of Spouse Spouts. We could not do this show. We I say we. I could not do this show without you all and your continued support. So if you're looking for really great insurance, please 
trust me when I say you want to look towards Armed Forces Insurance. They are amazing. When I'm with the fleet, I'm known as Petty Officer Lopez. But at home... Honey, can you get this down for me? I'm just Tony, and that's fine with me. We know home is at the heart of every military family. That's why we founded Armed Forces Insurance, to protect the property of our fellow servicemen and women. Call 1-800-633-2006 for a no-obligation auto, home, or renter quote. Or visit www.afi.org. At Armed Forces Insurance, our mission is you. And we're back. I say we like Dave is still here. And I'm back. So, so far I've already, you know, called to the carpet. TRICARE and Defense Health Agency, I've shared my feelings on the gig economy because, again, I want to caution spouses and families about how this is a great thing when you're looking at the work-life balance, but be mindful of the lack of workplace protections. I think that's also a vital component to a career, are workplace protections and benefits. You're worth it. Don't forget that. You are worth having those workplace protections and benefits. You're smart. You're talented. You're worth it. And you should want them because you are worth it. But next I'm going to switch over and switch some gears a little bit because this has been the one thing that has just about made me lose my mind in the last oh, couple of weeks. And of course I was sick. So I was going to talk about this last week while I was sick, but Sorry, I was sick. I um, I think spouse employment has its place in our military community. I think it is, I think it is an area where spouses, I think most people, they derive value in the work that they do, from volunteering to advocacy to a career, whatever your your chosen profession is we derive a value from a good day's work. And I am one of those people. I feel that way. I love a good day's work. And I think it's important to enjoy what you're doing as well as, as also be paid for it. I mean, I think having a job is, is a good thing and having a career is an even better thing. And, and I, and I want, and I say this because I would love to have a great career one day with upward mobility and all of the the perks that come along with a great career. But I cannot sit here and say, in all honesty, that spouse employment is the number one issue impacting families in the military today. I just can't say that. And I'm not ever going to say that. Because first of all, I don't believe that there is one issue impacting military families. I've never believed that. And I think when we say, I don't even think it, I firmly believe this. When we have people say the number one issue, number one issue is spouse employment, spouse unemployment, we are dividing our military spouse community. We are pitting people against each other. It becomes an us versus them. And I think that is dangerous. I think that is very bad. We do not need to be divided because United we stand, divided we fall, and we need to be united. So I have a real issue when people say things like, oh, this is the number one issue impacting military families. By no means is it, because every issue is different for a military family. 
right now I can sit here and honestly say I know families who are in the Jacksonville, Florida community down at the Navy base down there, and there's a Coast Guard base down there, and Wolfson Hospital, Wolfson Children's is in that area. It's a phenomenal children's hospital. But their kids right now are being denied educational services and medical services right now. Do you think that a job is the first thing on that person's mind? No, it is not. They don't know why their services are being canceled for their children for their children or child. They don't understand what the heck is going on. And because of that, they are having to spend hours on the phone fighting with Humana and TRICARE. Hours. Hours of their day. They're fighting with their school to make sure their child is educated properly. They have to go to multiple therapies per week per child. Yes, I can see how people think a job is the number one issue or the lack thereof is the number one issue. Please explain to that mother with the medically fragile child how much getting a job would just make her life so much better. It's not going to. Not when your child is fighting for their life. Not when you are fighting for the life of your child either. Not when you sit here and have to argue with your insurance company day in, day out. No. No, it's not the number one issue. There is no number one issue because every family dynamic is different. Every issue is going to be different. One of the big issues I see happening that's not spoken about in military spouse community is military spouse mental health. They don't track it. DOD doesn't track it. We don't pay attention. We hardly pay attention to it. And mental health I can sit here and tell you I know a number of military spouses, and we openly talk about our anxiety. Our spouse is getting ready to go again. This is their seventh deployment. This is not, this is not good. It's not that we didn't sign up for this because, by golly, I hate that phrase. You knew what you were getting into. Oh, shush. Shush your mouth. I don't want to hear that nonsense. It has nothing to do with knowing what we were getting into. But it has everything to do with the fact that there are some really tough things happening to our military again. And it's not about the military-civilian divide. That's not it either. We have to stop saying that there are more important issues than others. We're not helping each other. So a couple of months ago, I wrote an article for Military One Click. And it was about EFMP and spouse employment. And people loved it. I mean, they absolutely loved it. And I'm glad that they loved it because I I wrote that with quite a bit of pride. That from a place that quite frankly poured my heart and soul in. So I wanted to read you a couple of little excerpts. Because I think what we need to do is we, we need to come together. Um, I've said this a number of times back when I used to write for the Fayetteville Observer. My issues are not your issues, but I sure do need your support. I get that. You, my, your issues are not mine, but I will gladly lend you my support. And while I do think for some people and for quite a few military spouses, I do believe the lack of quality, 
quality work is negatively impacting their family, there are other things out there. So I just wanted to share a couple of excerpts um, from this piece, if you all don't mind. And then I'm going to have to wrap it up and get going. Dear military spouse community, employment community, I've never been comfortable with writing open letters. And I'm not sure why either. I don't know if it's potential backlash or what it is, but I just, I just am not comfortable with writing them. I wrote this in my, my, my column or in the article. I read this piece a couple of weeks ago on The Mighty, and The Mighty is a, an online magazine for people with disabilities and chronic health care issues. And this mother wrote, we need more options for working parents of kids with disabilities. And it was spot on. It was absolutely I found myself crying, to be very honest, and this is me just talking, not reading the letter. But I did. I found myself crying. And because it needed to, it needed to be said. And, and I know that people are going to get upset by what I'm saying, or actually they'll probably just blow me off because they know I'm not the biggest spouse employment person. But at the same time, we need to rally our families. But I want you guys to understand something when I talk about how I don't believe this is the number one issue, is that there is a loneliness that comes when your child is diagnosed or you have a diagnosis. There is um, an extreme loneliness and an isolation that immediately surrounds you. And while we meet with empathy and families impacted by EFMP are met with empathy it is quite obvious that families who are not EFMP, Exceptional Family Member Program families, it's obvious when you can tell, it's obvious to me, when EFMP does not impact your home. And so that's why I, I talk a lot about EFMP is because that is my number one issue. Um, I also think that readiness and my husband leaving all the time is another big issue. I see the negative effects that his hefty deployment schedule and training schedule has had on our family. And that too impacts my family just as greatly as EFMP and disability does. I would love a job. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. That's the craziest part about all of this is that I too would love a job. And I don't want a job. I don't want just a job. I want a career. I want a meaningful career because again, I want those workplace protections and benefits because I deserve them. I'm a valuable employee and I deserve them as a valuable employee. I worry about money. And I worry that with government shutdown being right around the corner again, I worry about our government getting it together to make sure that families are provided for, that they are taken care of. Not because we need our government to take care of us. That's not it at all. But because you need to pay your military and you need to pay federal employees. This is their job. They have signed over their lives to support you and, and to support this country. And at least you can do is pay them for their value and worth. And I worry about, I wor there are so many things that are massive issues impacting the military today. I worry about my husband's training and, and I want to make sure that he is trained proper, properly 
So he knows how to come home to us. I, I may not like it that he's gone, but I am thrilled beyond anything that he is receiving training to ensure his safety. So I think that we need to stop saying one issue is more important because there are many issues out there that impact the military family. Just like with our civilian counterparts, there are many, many issues out there that impact our families and and their families that we're all in this boat together. And then isn't it fun to actually sit there with your friends and share some laughs and feel isolated? Because I know I don't like feeling that way. I have no desire to sit by myself on the boat and just, you know, paddle along on life and say, hey, look, there are some birds. Ooh, there's the beach. No, that's not the life I want at all. In fact, I would much rather have people come along with me and, and be supportive together and know that there are times where my issues will be more important and there are times where their issues will be more important. It's not about a competition. It's not a competition here. It's about let's sit down and truly support each other because that's what we need. We need real support from each other. So I have a nice little voice that comes in through my earphones, letting me know that the show is getting ready to end. And since I haven't yet figured out, well, I have figured it out since I haven't yet recorded because I got sick. Sorry. My outro, my exit song. I'm sorry. You're just going to get to hear me talk until everything is cut off, but I have about, 10 seconds left, and I wanted to thank you all for listening to Spouse Spouts today, and I'll be on again next week. Not sure what the topic will be, but I'll wing it and figure it all out. We've got some great shows coming up in the next few months, and I look forward to it.